San Francisco 49ers minicamp, mandatory minicamp at that. Debo Samuel really giving himself some hard critiques and, and a hard look at his 2022 season. Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash Locked On NFL and when you enter the promo code Locked On NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order of bird dogs more on bird dogs a little later today's guest uh as you know if you listen to this podcast often we bring on mr nicholas winkler my former radio colleague former tv sports anchor uh he is a superstar on game shows and he's our guest every wednesday mr nicholas winkler nicholas winkler come on down the wink is on fire Wink, what's happening? Are you pumped for mandatory minicamp? I love anything that's mandatory. I love it. Let's go. Yeah, I love the mandatoriness of it. Getting the Debo's and the and the Bosa's and uh, you know the Trent Williams is out of wherever holes they are hiding and working out and getting ready for the season. And most of those guys you never have to worry about. Uh, I want to start though with Debo because apparently mm-hmm. the 49ers did have to worry about Debo last year, and it was a long, contentious, weird. Do you remember where we were last year at this time with the whole Debo? contract dispute and if that was going to get signed and uh, i think there was some other priorities for debo samuel last offseason and he didn't come into champ uh, camp in shape and croc and i kind of talked about this recently with debo and uh we we wanted to get a get a look at him you couldn't tell he's wearing a big oversized shirt long sleeves uh when he was working on the side he wasn't on the field in otas and it was like man uh you know really want to see a really in shape debo samuel and debo samuel got to the podium and said that he was out of shape last year and he said he was quote awful last year. And I was a little surprised to hear him say that, but also got me excited for what could be ahead in 2023. If it's a little bit more like the 2021 Debo Samuel. I, I have a question. Did, did he know that it was awful before sitting down and having a long meeting, watching film right. with Kyle Shorn? because he alluded to that and yeah. maybe Kyle pointed out, and that can be very humbling uh, real quick, a little off subject. When I was a free agent, in the Arena Football League after about 2014 season, 11 interceptions. All right, you know, big dog in the free agency. And every team I called was, oh, man, you're so great. Sounds like Sabercats sat me down and pointed out everything that they hated about how I played and how they <laughs> could make me better. But it was very humbling for the coaches to be like, man, why you do that with your feet? Why'd your feet get white like that? Like, why are you doing that? Oh, man, we don't do that here. We don't do this. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's how the meeting was with mm-hmm. Kyle, where it's like, Debo, you have a lot of good things that you do for us. But, man, look at this effort here. Look how bad. And then now it's like, yeah, man, I was bad. But I wonder before the meeting, did he know how bad he was? Right. I mean, I think if you looked at his numbers from last year compared to 2021, I think he'll tell you that he was awful because they don't match up at all. But it's funny you mentioned that because they do that in baseball with arbitration, right? Where it's a lot of times where like you sit down and like renegotiate your contract. And basically the team just sits there and is like, you're not worth this. Here's why. And like points out all your flaws. But maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you do need to be humbled sometime to kind of just like put in place. You know, what's crazy is 
the yards per reception because he only caught 77 balls in 2021, which is all pro year. But with those 77 balls, he had 1,405 receiving yards. That's 18.2 yards per reception. I think he had like, I think 10 of those yards per reception were after the catch. And so he was almost after the catch per reception in 2021. What his complete after the, or his complete yards per reception were in 2022. He, he only caught uh, uh, 20 fewer balls. He had 56 catches in 2022, but only 632 yards you know, over half as many receiving yards. And that's not even talking about the, the rushing stuff because the wideback thing began for him in 2021. And even with a full season of, of wideback ability, uh, he, he still had, had less production there as well. So he had another 365 rushing yards on uh, 59 carries in 2021, only had 232 rushing yards last year. And I think maybe teams were a little bit more ready for a wideback look by the 2022 49ers than when it just emerged out of nowhere in 2021, but really just looking at the receiving numbers and, and Croc, we've talked about this on past podcasts and uh, to me, I'd love hearing Debo say it because we had kind of mm-hmm. talked about it and it confirms what we had said. It was like, yeah, like is, is Debo getting worse as a pure wide receiver? Well, a lot of people would say, well, he's a weapon first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, y- yes, he is a weapon, yeah. but he can be, more than that. And, and when we right. saw, right, you know, it, with Debo, I feel like he can be as good as he wants to be. So when he starts, you know, working on just the minute things when it comes to just route running and it not depending on Kyle Shanahan to get him open, but I'm going to get open by doing these nuanced things that he came into the league doing. And that, that's the crazy part about when, when Debo was coming out of South Carolina. I saw him as a legit receiver. Like, I was debating, man, wide receiver one, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, or D.K. Metcalf. And I, I still on D.K. just because, like, man, 6'4", 230, runs a 4'3". He plays as fast as he runs his 40. Like, that doesn't come around often. Mm-hmm. But right there, it was Debo. But not because he's this wide back. No, mm-hmm. I liked him as much. And I liked the, I liked the quick, shifty, get open. Like I, Odell Beckham was probably my favorite player in the league at that time, right? So I liked those type of guys. But Debo, I felt like, was just a special receiver. I just thought he did some things very good at a really high level. And he got into the league. You saw it as a rookie. He did those things. I can remember off the top of my head, uh, they played against the Cincinnati Bengals. And him kind of push up, push out. Get a guy turned around with an outside stab, cross his face, catch the ball over the middle, run after catch. He was physical after, and I'm like, man, this dude is going to be amazing. And we saw the special year that he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like last year is like, man, he just he's embracing the wide back role, and that's fine. But I think he let that be his identity, which I feel like that yeah. should just be an addition to what he brings. But you got to work on, like, you really have to work on every offseason, you know, uh, running routes as fast as you can, sitting that route down, working back to the quarterback, catch the ball away from your hand, uh, catch the ball away from your body. Like, you have to work on those things consistently. Continue to uh, reinvent yourself. You know, th- there's new things coming out all the time. My guy, Dub Williams, he teaches guys to break down without using your arms because that gets your feet to stop right now instead of beating the drum as we were talking. Like, mm. like, it changes with how people view their receiver position. So you got to stay on top of that. Work with guys that's really going to help you continue to take your game to the next level. The greats do it. I feel like Debo now maybe has that 
fire in him to be the greats because I think if he does do those things, we're talking about one of the best top three, four receivers in the NFL. And, and I feel confident saying that with his type of ability and run after catch ability, which is really special. And it's like, man, Ayuk maybe is going to be the better receiver. And it's like, well, yeah, and Ayuk's a really good receiver. But, man, some of the things that Debo has, like nobody in the league has. Like you can find mm -hmm. another guy that can run a route and get open like Ayuk, but you can't find a guy that can do what Debo can do. But you also need Debo to be that receiver too and get open and, and, and help you on every level. Well, you hope that that's all he is, right? I mean, in 2021, he was that wideback out of necessity. It was based on all the injuries that the 49ers had. So you just hope that they don't find themselves in that position again. And then he can just focus on being a wide receiver. And yeah, maybe every once in a while you throw him in the backfield, and, you know, here and there, just to keep the defense honest, right? To give them an Great. extra look, something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something else that the, even maybe the team next week needs to worry about, you know? But but that, that he really focuses more on, on just his wide receiving skills, which are incredible we've seen it we've seen what he can do out there and hopefully this is that thing right and sitting down with kyle and kyle nitpicking every single little thing like hopefully this this takes him back to that where he was or even you know beyond what he was as a wide receiver it's, it's really weird how good he is after the catch because so he good. looks kind he looks kind of pudgy yeah. but when he when the ball's in his hands i'm like to the crib. You're not like, catching him. Yeah. Like touchdown. <laughs> he just scoots past people and he's really fast. He has that. He doesn't look pudgy, truck. Pudgy, pudgy, that's disrespectful. He, he looks, can, can I we hear say what you're saying? No. It's a little like squarish. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a little boxy. That's not a rectangle. But he, I mean, he has no like belly belly or anything like that. It's not like he's like, like Rodriguez. Like, there's like actual pudgy people out there listening to this podcast and be like, damn, man, if, if Nebo's. Pudgy, what am I? Well, right. you got a receiver that we think he's 220. <laughs> you know, 5'11", yeah. 2. Sure. You know, he could that's be 230. Normal. That's that's not, it ain't, you know, like, mm. it's not, it's normal <laughs> at the receiver position. <laughs> well, he's, look, a yeah. he's a little wide. He's a little wide. Being a wide back is behind. Like, they, they, he has the uh, next man's speed faster than the next man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't, you don't really see him get caught. You know, and like that's the part where it's special that how you know he doesn't look like the 200 pound receiver, but even then it's like, man, I'm 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 blazing on the field. I, I I'm surprised we haven't seen like a crazy GPS number from him. Debo Samuel, especially uh, with what he could be as a you know true number one wide receiver, and I get embracing the wide back thing, but you don't want him to become just wide. Right. And not a wide back. So like he needs to make sure that he's uh, that he's helping the 49ers on the levels of the field. So that that was exciting. I love hearing that from Debo Samuel. It reminds me uh, of another topic I want to get to, which is Leonard Hankerson. He was on with Mayoko uh, talking about some of the GPS times and, and what you can learn from the GPS, not just like what guys top speeds are and what you can learn in practice with those GPS times. And then uh, Kyle Shanahan talking about the Brock Purdy rehab next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. And you know what? They feel good too, man. Uh, I, I got some Bird Dogs. I got some pants that I use every time I golf. Uh, wink, you can you can let everybody know how good I looked out there on the golf course in my Bird Dog pants. They stretch in every direction that you need. Uh, there, there is no, uh, th there's anti 
stink, sweat, wicking fabric, which is perfect if you're out on the golf course all day, but you could go straight from work in those pants to the golf course. Uh, I got some shorts as well that you could go to the gym in. You could lounge around the house in them. You could go to the pool and you can get them with or without a liner as well. They keep you cool and dry all day long they fit way better than regular shorts and pants as well that are made sort of stiff and restriction restricting with uh you know with cotton that that doesn't move when you move right so uh fantastic pants and shorts from bird dogs and if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl right now make sure you enter that promo code locked on nfl for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nfl for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you let's finish our uh wide receiver portion of this podcast because um Leonard Hankerson was on with Matt Mayoko said some really interesting things with GPS times and uh by all reports uh, Brandon Ayuk's having a really nice camp here, but uh, Croc, I know you were talking about it off the air. the The way they utilized the the GPS times was was interesting, and they could go to Brandon Ayuk, and we know that Ayuk was famously in the doghouse, right? And you could go to him and say, "Hey, like you might not think you're dogging it out there, but we need more from you in practice because look, you didn't go over 20 miles per hour today. Why aren't you running full speed with your routes?" Right. And, and I thought that was pretty cool. Cause like you could actually give somebody evidence Be like, no coach, I'm, I'm playing hard. It's like, Oh, so you're only a 17 mile per hour guy. Okay. So maybe you're just too slow for the league. It's <laughs> and I like that. You got like hard evidence. Yeah. I, I thought that was like very interesting. It re- really kind of, again, I, I stopped playing. Well, I was in the NFL 2013, uh, played 14, 15 in the real league. They weren't putting GPSs on me in, in the arena. League, right. So, uh, that's very like a new technology that I'm not as familiar with. So it was definitely really cool to hear, you know, listen to Mayoko's podcast and hear uh, Leonard Hankerson talk about that and how they can notice with Brandon Ayuk that his miles per hour are always the highest when he's, when he has the ball in his hand. So it's like, Oh, I cut the ball. Okay. Let me turn it up now. As opposed mm-hmm. to running his routes fast uh, to use the threat of his speed, which I talked a lot with Danny Gray, right? And he shoot, he mentioned Danny Gray, saying Danny Gray's probably the fastest receiver, but getting him to really utilize that speed in route to sell the, the okay, I'm going to run a fade up, psych, I'm sitting it down, but use that GPS to kind of really get up. And mm-hmm. I think my next thing would be, if I were to ask him, are you able to track the player's GPS on every, like, can you pinpoint the play? Because if you, mm-hmm. let's say you want somebody to run, you know, uh, a 15-yard, you know, stop back, right? Like, uh, come back, you know, or 17 back to 15. And you really want to sell the speed on the vertical and then sit that route down. Can you pinpoint what he, what his GPS was on that specific route? And, and that's the thing where you want them to kind of hit these markers uh, real quick. New York Jets, I was on New York Jets. We work, work on our bench press. And they had this thing that they would strap to the bench press, to the to the bar on the outside, and it would show your explosion rate. So mm. we would go down really slow, tempo, right? Uh, three, two, one, boom, and then you'd explode up. And you would have to hit a certain number when you explode up. And if you don't hit that number, you need to take some weight off, right? Uh, and I got really strong that way. But I wonder if there's something they could do. Oh, you're not hitting this number. We need you to hit mm. this number. 
And if you're not hitting that number, then, okay, we need you to push harder upfield to sit that route down. You can really see what a guy's doing. So uh, based off what he's capable of doing. So that would be one thing I'd be really interested to know if they can track that. So sure basically, can. when you were doing that push-up drill with the Jets, did they basically have to take off bench all the press. plates? You're just, or the bench press. Did they have to take off all the plates so you're just pushing the bar? Like, that okay, was the strongest. I'm pretty strong right now. Uh, just got, you know, four, what, 35, 45, 445 on, on my deadlift today. That's the most I've ever done. But I was the strongest then. I just don't think I was deadlifting. My bench press, I was, I was hitting 350 on the bench press. That was crazy. And more explosive. More explosive everywhere, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not explosive enough. That's why I'm sitting yeah. here with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the GPS times are interesting, though, and I love it. And what, what really – the only thing I don't like about the GPS stuff that's going on in the league and in college is we don't have access to it. Because that yeah. would be so fascinating. I don't want to go through that stuff. I don't want to see it with the college prospects because I do think 40 times are overrated. And the 49ers really lean heavily on that GPS stuff. But we're looking at prospects. We're like, okay, you can use the eye test. You can watch the tape. Say, okay, I think I see where this speed is here. And, um, and you know, a guy like Dre Greenlaw, like he's super fast, right? But you look at his 40 times and his athletic numbers, his testing at the combine, it was just like, okay, so-so. But he was like – had really good GPS time. So he plays fast. When you put on the film, you see him play fast. And the 49ers really lean on the GPS, it seems like, whether it's in the draft or in practice. And uh, I think it absolutely helps them. I think so is that like a it. chip in the helmet? Uh, it's in the shoulder they do it? I think shoulder that you can put on the shoulder pads. You can wear that sports bra-looking thing. I've seen that thing, yeah. And that, that tracks a lot of stuff. Uh, to, to speak on what Peacock was just talking about with kind of like watching the film – I remember in 2020, I want to say, is that the uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs, that class? Yeah, with IU, IU's and, class, right? And Kinlaw, right. So I remember watching uh, Jerry Judy and thinking, there is, there is no player out here that plays faster than mm -hmm. Jerry Judy. And I thought he played faster than Ruggs. Now, Ruggs can catch a slant and not run an entire defense because he's faster than everybody. But just play speed jerry judy's was like special so i would want to know like what's his gps with how he's running routes in comparison to his and not after the catch out running guys i mean just pure before they get the ball who has yeah. the fastest gps and i bet it was jerry judy because i mean and but I you can see those type of things on film yeah and i bet everything's broken down i bet they have this you know you're zero to five you're zero to ten you know you're ten to twenty yard like all of that stuff is is definitely cataloged and i'm sure they have every single number you could possibly want and i agree i wish we had those numbers we need to bring on the gps specialist there yeah, we, we go anybody out there reach out yeah let us know at, at bd peacock at, at, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing this together for for way too long uh so next guys let's talk Shanahan Shanahan at the podium and interesting things uh, about Brock Purdy and what his rehab is doing and how it's going. And the fact that Shanahan has no idea and doesn't watch him, <laughs> which I think is awesome. Uh, we'll get to it next. Thanks everybody for making lockdown 49ers. Your first listen every day here on the locked on podcast network. We appreciate all the everydayers tomorrow on the show, Croc and I going through uh, a little bit more specifics about what's happening at 49ers mini camp, more on some 49ers undrafted rookies and getting you ready for that 2023 season. Lots of good stuff happening this summer here on Locked On 49ers. We're with you every single day. Make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show as well right here on the Locked On 
Podcast Network. Myself and former NFL scout Matt Williamson covering the entire league daily. All right, guys. Shanahan. Uh, I thought it was interesting because Shanahan was asked about, uh, and I think he was asked by Mayoko because there was the big Mayoko report yesterday on Monday uh, before the the Tuesday mini camp, and he was you know breaking down what the timeline was looking like for for Brock Purdy, and it wasn't a report of he will be ready on this date and he's going to be the starter. It was just like this is the way it's heading right now, and if everything goes right and no setbacks, you know maybe. The 21st of April or 21st of August, he could be cleared. That'll be, you know, 24 weeks after surgery. Uh, and uh, so Mayoko asked at the press conference, asked Kyle Shanahan about Brock Purdy and his rehab and how it was going. And uh, it was funny because Shanahan's answer was like, I don't know. It's just what it is. It's going. He's do when they say the date that you do the thing and he does the thing and that's it. And he's like, I don't know how he's throwing because I'm not watching him throw. And it was funny because he was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense because he's uh, he's a quarterback and maybe you pay more attention to the quarterbacks. But Kyle's got so many things. He's the head coach. He's the offensive coordinator. He's got so many things going on. Uh, it's not like if someone's rehabbing a knee injury, he's going to go in there and watch him do all of his reps, you know, as he right. rehabs his knee. So it's kind of the same idea. He's like, I don't know. He's throwing. He's doing whatever the calendar says he's supposed to do on this date that the doctors set out. So uh, really the only significant part of the Brock Purdy story that I can gather is that there's been no setbacks, which is good news. So kind of no news is good news as it pertains to Brock Purdy. Co coaches get a, they get a printout a lot of times or somebody will come and tell them how things are going with somebody's rehab. And then they just kind of regurgitate that information to the media. That's why a lot of times when people think, that Kyle's up there and he's lying about certain injuries. And I'm thinking like, mm, I think he's probably just been told that. So if something changes, right. he just gets told that it's changes as opposed to like him truly knowing exactly like, Oh, but I just want to keep this from everybody. Like, nah, like he just, he gets the information. Hey man, uh, Brock Purdy is ahead of schedule and he'll come out and tell you guys, Hey, I think he's ahead of schedule. That's what they, you know, I've been told, but, uh, uh, you know, with, with the Brock Purdy thing, yeah, he's not going to pay more attention to him because he's a quarterback because that would pull him away from being on the field. I think I saw something uh, on social media about Brock Purdy coming out of, like, the weight room or wherever he was kind of doing his rehab and then onto the field. Well, Kyle obviously is on the field at that time. So pretty sure he gets reports on everything and how it's going, but it's just whenever they say he could do something else, then he'll, he'll do it. And I don't yeah, think Kyle is part of that process where Kyle oh, – well, well, I want him to do this right now. Yeah, he would never do that publicly. That's for sure. I mean, that's the thing about Kyle too, is he keeps it all internal. There's a great question too. I don't know who asked it of him. It's like, hey, have you talked to to Lance or Lance's agent about possibly being traded? And he's just like, no, no. Like just the look that he gave to, like, I'm gonna answer that. Like, what kind of question is that? Yeah, yeah, we yeah we reached out to his agent yeah. and uh, told him to go ahead and seek a trade. Right. Uh, actually, yeah, his agent asked us about it. And we said, nope, we're not going to trade him. We're going to keep him here. And we're actually going to sign him to a new contract and not let him play anywhere ever. Just to make sure he can never play in the NFL. Um, by the way, George Kittle said, quote, I think Trey looks significantly better than he did last year. So there we uh, go. Making strides. Everybody in the best shape of their lives right now. So that's that's always positive things that we're seeing. Uh, by the way, so all this about quarterbacks, the 49ers have – four quarterbacks three of them healthy and on the field practicing currently but um there was reports that the 49ers are working out another veteran quarterback jack cohen who was on the xfl brahmas and uh he was he's going to work out i believe wednesday is is the source there former uh wisconsin badgers quarterback and um he played with the colts in the nfl and so 
why would the 49ers need another quarterback? Do they, do you need, hmm. you only need three usually. Right. So uh, just because Kyle hasn't talked to the agent about a trade doesn't mean he hasn't talked to other teams about the trade or that John Lynch maybe is the one that's doing the talking in those situations. Wink. What do you think? Like, does it, it you know, so basically if the Brock Purdy timeline stays and there's no setbacks and he's the same, has the same arm strength, and he's ready to go at some point within a week of the season, he's going to be the starter. That's that's pretty much the vibe, and it's pretty much right. what the team has told us about the whole situation. So do they need a, a an extra quarterback on the practice squad? You know, right? And and so what do you think? Trey Lance, do, 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 you, do you trade him if you're the 49ers? Do you want to be traded if you're Trey Lance? Like, how do you think this thing ends with Trey Lance? Or does he just play have another year where he doesn't play football? I think if you're Trey Lance, I think maybe you're not – you're, you you wouldn't mind getting traded, right? Because you are kind of being told that you're behind this guy, right? You, this is this isn't your job essentially. Like they're you're not telling him, hey, if you win this in camp, it's your job. It's basically like, nah. When Brock comes back, this is this is Brock's job. But maybe this is all because all of this hype about Darnold, right? Maybe they're trying to trade Darnold in that what three and a half million dollar contract, try to get something back for him, and then you need to bring in that extra quarterback. Yeah, if I'm Trey Lance, I'll get me out of here. If I can, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> and this is not about me thinking Trey Lance is this amazing quarterback. Hmm. But the issue is we don't know. And with the talent that he does possess, he's only been able to play four, four, start four games for his own fault, some of it, right, the breaking ankle. Sure. And I don't want to put it on him. In a sense of, but you broke your ankle. So you had to miss time, and that opened the door for someone else. But man, you typically when you either write a guy off or start to say he's great, right? Like even like a Brock Purdy, man, you see a decent amount of a sample size. Man, eight games with Brock Purdy, man, played well. All right, let's go. Or you know, most of these other guys, you see a full season or two full seasons, right? Uh, Zach Wilson, you saw a lot of time to where it's like, uh, maybe you need to try to go get Aaron Rodgers, right? You know, it's, it's not looking great, and the defense is kind of ready right now. And they gave him every opportunity. Well, Trey Lance is like, it's been four games. So mm-hmm. if if a guy that you believe has enough talent, that's why you traded up for him, and he has this ability, but man, this just might not be the best situation for him. You can salvage it by potentially getting something in return. Because mm-hmm. oh, one thing that doesn't make uh, sense to me, you love Brock Purdy. You Man, you, you've been speaking the world of Sam Darnold. Everybody thinks he could potentially start. And man... Stay with Brian Allen, who, you know, have him be your third quarterback, who sounds like he hasn't even thrown an incompletion <laughs> in OTAs right now. Right? Brock Purdy. He could, so he could be a, a legit, like, kind of third quarterback or whatever. And let Trey Lance go off and try to do well somewhere else if you can recoup mm-hmm. something for him. It sounds like he's doing well in OTAs right now. You hear George Kittle and what he says. Uh, you hear, you know, throwing the ball down the field, 40 uh, yard completion to. Brandon Ayuk, and, you know, he's doing those things. So, all right, like, okay, he's doing what? Let him go go somewhere else. And maybe you can get a third for him, second for him. If that's not enough, then I understand holding on to him. But I wouldn't hold him hostage just because the fear of Purdy getting hurt when you openly have talked about, like, just Darnold and now even Brian Allen. Now everybody's like, he hasn't thrown the incompletion. Uh, I don't I don't think Brian Allen would look good at quarterback because he was the guy that was getting torched at corner for the 49ers a couple years ago. You're thinking of uh, Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Brandon, Brandon, yeah. Allen. 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 Just call him yeah. Allen. Yeah. 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 
yeah. So, and, and yeah, Brandon Allen's like that perfect third string quarterback. Uh, so mm-hmm. maybe that's what this whole uh, XFL quarterback they're bringing in is all about. Or maybe Brandon Allen's so good. They're like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe we will get rid of Sam Darnold. Or maybe, maybe there was an injury somewhere or a setback with somebody too, but they're, they're full house of quarterback right now. They, they I don't know why they'd be working out a quarterback unless they're just checking some boxes for if they do need somebody in the fall and then they're not actually going to bring yeah. him for camp now that that so happened tried. last year with uh um you know greg had hit me and was like hey man you know they're bringing in the 49ers are bringing in uh gosh his, his guy uh tyler bray tyler bray yeah. he was like yeah, they're bringing in tyler bray so they didn't tell tyler bray what was going on with the 49ers but he's like somebody must be hurt and it was jimmy mm. missing that game against the texans so they have brought in tyler bray so mm. you know those are things right there where you might not know there maybe could be something. Now, again, you didn't hear any reports. It sounds like all the quarterbacks finished practice today. Uh, it, it sounds like they all did well in their, you know, different ways. So it definitely would be kind of out of nowhere to bring a fourth quarterback in there, but maybe they just want an extra arm just in case during training. Maybe camp. they're looking so far in the future that they know when they have to cut down and try to move maybe a Brandon Allen to the practice squad or something when Purdy comes back that they're get, afraid someone's going to snatch him up. So they're like, all right, we're going to need somebody that gets the system that can come in and help out then. Yeah, that's a possibility. I like all of those. I like all those theories. Let us know if you got a conspiracy theory on the 49ers quarterbacks because there's an unlimited amount of those. At VD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, at Bay Area Wink. Nick, thanks for joining us once again here on another Winky Wednesday. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. And thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Croc and I back tomorrow right here, Locked on 49ers.